You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. I've got a great idea, you guys. Magpod! Magpod? Are you crazy? Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents Pods from the Penalty Box, a nostalgic sampling of skate punk albums from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Join us in the pit. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. John, we're wrapping up Slick Shoes this episode. Yeah, it's it's been a, it's it's been it's been a journey. Yes. A very, it's been a sh- it's been a short journey, <laughs> but I think I think uh, we're ready to move on after this. Uh, if you were like, hey, wait a minute, you guys didn't cover. We covered some stuff on the Patreon. You should check it That's out. Patreon dot com slash magnified pod. Yes. Um, but, you know, if you're like, oh, man, far from nowhere. That album rules. Talk about it on the Patreon, but also it's going to come up in this episode. Yes, uh, it's it's naturally going to come up because, as we've done in previous seasons, and this is going to happen a lot more this season. We are doing our album ranking, Slick Shoes mm-hmm. album ranking, and we are doing top ten song set list of the songs mm-hmm. we'd like to see played live. So that's coming up later. Be hard to top our second season uh, entry in that ongoing segment because we had the actual band member who does the set lists for the <laughs> band we were talking about joining us in that effort. That's true. Um, but we'll do our best going forward. <laughs> it yeah. does feel... Andy, it feels- Andy was not having my set list. <laughs> He's like, I guess. Well, he's, he's like, look, he, he's this is so a subjective metic- exercise. It is. He's so meticulous about like transitions and you know, right. like oh, the the horns need a break between this part of the right, set right, and right. this set. And I'm just like, put all like the hardcore songs in a row. <laughs> um, although we we did learn later that he's the one who had a couple of Screamy Reese songs in his planned set. That's true. Uh, based on the new record. So we'll see. Yeah, it feels a little weird to already be at this stage of, of covering a band uh, so early on in the run of the season, but this is how we're doing it this season, baby. We're uh, mixing it up. Um, I have super enjoyed covering Slick Shoes. Um, and boy, are we ending on a very high note, which we'll get into later. Bro, like one of the things that I texted you last night was how so psyched I am eventually to see yes slick shoes live after all these deep dives and after the new record and you know after the first season we were able to culminate that right. season by seeing MXPX yeah and it seems like it just seems so unfair to not be able to culminate yeah it's cruel. It's it after, is very after all that that year of Five Iron, yeah, and now all the slick shoes time not getting to uh, have that culmination that, again. A but banger of a Five Iron record, yeah, an absolute banger of a slick shoes record, yeah. <sighs> Sometime, 
Hopefully, hopefully sometime soon. Yeah. Um, but John, we have our last Meg beer. It seems appropriate. Last <laughs> Meg beer. Then we're going to be uh, drinking it on our last Slick Shoes episode. Mm-hmm. It is the Hop Bebop. Yes. West Coast IPA, Discretion Brewing. Complex little... harp chords improvise Ooh. some jazzy joy. <laughs> I like that. Uh, we got, got some that, nice uh, horns on here. Yep. This would have worked well last season right. you know, with a, a little bit more ska. Uh, tropical citrus fruits, flowers, and pine. Sounds very West Coast. When I think of West Coast IPAs, I tend to think more floral, more piney. Right. Yeah. When you're when you're talking about cracking open a best life, <laughs> talking um, about those piney aromas. <laughs> Crack open a discretion brewing hot bebop West Coast IPA. Hot bebop. It's jazzy joy. Uh, Etc. This is tasty. Thank you, Meg, as always. Oh, yeah. Goes down yep. nice. Yes. Very good. Okay. So, John, we have a couple bits of news to discuss. Mm. Uh, so, in, I guess it was last week, as we're recording this, mm-hmm. I had, as I had mentioned, I was going to be on the Common Creatives podcast. And I was, and they released an episode with me talking about Weird Al, and it was over two hours long talking it's about like Weird Al. Longer than they normally go. Which it is, is uh, so much longer than they normally go. That sounds about right for <laughs> introducing us to their their way of doing things. Yeah, uh, and it's it was like, a great episode, though. Yeah. What? So, what did you? Was there any any takeaways? Any any hot takes? What were your what were you know, your... I I have always been someone who's enjoyed Weird Al, but certainly not on the fan level of you. Mm-hmm. And I think hearing you articulate some of the reasons why he's meant so much to you, um, I don't know. I feel like people would be hard-pressed if you're not super convinced of Weird Al's sort of prominence in the music and comedy scene to come away from that episode <laughs> understanding more um just how much of like a legend and talent he is um yep so i feel like my sort of main weird al point of focus was uhf like Mm. i'm a movie person i loved that movie Mm -hmm. my main relationship with him musically i told you like i i certainly bought al palooza when it came out was very psyched on uh the jurassic park uh, <laughs> parody. Sure. What's sure. the what is he parodying in MacArthur the, Park? MacArthur Park. Yeah. Um, thought that was very funny. Um, but yeah, my main what I knew him. It was interesting hearing you and Will talk about like kind of coming to him, not later, but when you were like thirteen or whatever. Because my main memory of him was like in the eighties, seeing him on cable at my grandma's, like knowing him from Eat It and Fat and all that stuff. See, um, that's the thing. Like, I grew up. I grew up in my early years, my my adolescent years, my preteen years were largely in Kansas mm-hmm. in the church. Right. And I didn't really come to music right, right, until right. I was going into fifth grade. Yeah. 
And and I, as I we've talked about on this pod, like my first introduction to music was like essentially Michael W. Smith. Right. So being introduced to Green Day and Weird Al kind of in the same t- like span of 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 time. Yeah. Is sort of like kind of blows a kid's mind. You're like, whoa, music right. can be like weird and absurd and also right, like right. kind of aggressive and like yeah but yeah it, it was just sort of a a wild a wild time so yeah i think sort of until uhf which i saw when i was like 13 or whatever you kind of said the perfect age was for kids to discover weird al until that kind of came into my life i didn't really think of him as someone to be taken super seriously based on those early videos um so it was i i appreciated the very deep dive. And I was reminded of so many funny lyrics, some of which I sent you back that I'd like just kind of forgotten about, but I'm like, man, he, there are so many just great, great comic lines throughout his lengthy discography. So anybody should go check that out, whether or not they're huge Weird Al fans. Um, You know, you're talking about Michael W. Smith Mm -hmm. and growing up in the Christian worlds. We'd be remiss if we didn't pour one out today for Carmen. Yes, uh, we learned uh, just today, right? As we recorded that we that he passed. I th- yeah, it was it was at least within the past couple days or something. Past couple days, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't remember. Um, his, I don't remember the cause of death, but I mean no. that's it's another person whose impact. Whether whether I mean I was not a big Carmen. Fan, no, but, but everybody knew of him. I mean, yeah, it'd be the same way that, like, if someone like Michael W. Smith or uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman or like these other kind of looming figures in mm-hmm. contemporary Christian music, they, regardless of what do you think about his his music, he's had a big impact. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we've got to pour, pour <laughs> one out. out here. Righteous our, invasion of truth style. Our, our, um, our, our rock, we were going to call this podcast a uh, rock and roll Sunday school <laughs> or whatever. Right. Wasn't, wasn't that, the, wasn't that, is that the name of the album? That sounds right. <laughs> there are so many albums. Righteous invasion of truth was really the one that was blowing up when I entered the youth group world. Uh, it was a Carmen poster on the wall of my youth group room. Didn't steal that one. I did steal the MXPX one as we talked about. Um, Cause you're, um, Hellbound. Uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, our friend of the pod, Blake Chastain from yes. Exvangelical, had this lengthy post today about how much Carmen kind of meant to his life. Um, and he was like, you know, I'm not, you can call the videos cheesy and I'm not necessarily like a fan of his music or his theology or anything, but he kind of traced his history to becoming who he is today from like his first concert being Carmen. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying like their first concert was Carmen. And yeah. so a fascinating legacy. And speaking of Blake and Exvangelical, yeah. solid transition. No. Um we uh we will be guesting on that great podcast uh very soon too. I think we're recording next week. So you can expect to see that in the next uh few weeks probably. I don't know. We'll check in with Blake. But Something like but, that. Keep your eyes out for that. I always I love just talking to, to that guy. Yes. Uh, we did have him on last season yeah. talking about Brave St. Saturn. Yeah, we did. Um, I, I just want to follow up on my Carmen memory. It's uh-huh. uh, Sunday School Rock was the name of the song. Perfect. That I was, um, I think I was sort of like, 
combining Carmen and and the Ramones, <laughs> like sure. rock, rock hey. and roll high school or whatever. It's a cool combo. Rock, 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 rock. <laughs> Sunday, 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 Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, that's that is a good name for. <laughs> that's a good name for a podcast if somebody wants to do that podcast. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. So, but before we transition, I just need to ask you, John, because <laughs> this this uh, I have made it pretty evident in just about any time I talk about Weird Al, or <laughs> and I think I probably even mentioned it on that on that Common Creatives episode. That Frank's 2000 inch TV. Yeah, Alapalooza track. What's it? An Alapalooza track. Yeah, it is an Alapalooza track. I remember that one. And I kind of am curious about your takeaway on that song. And I'm not saying that our friendship is riding on on this opinion, but just I'm just curious as far as where it stacks up in your memory of Alapalooza. where does it rank and why is it your number one song on that record? <laughs> we should do like a, I mean, we've already, we've teased so much Patreon Weird Al content. Perhaps there's a UHF episode and a couple of uh, track by track Weird Al episodes coming. We have, um, we've got to. At this point, we've talked about him so much. I feel, I feel like I'm the, the basic, the plebe who you came prefer, for the parodies. You and it's not even that I, prefer them i just like i'm not i'm not the hardcore fan who is like obviously his original stuff is what's better like i got it there were so many songs that he parodied on that album that i loved at the time like chili peppers and sure uh aerosmith um, yeah but so i certainly remember enjoying frank's 2000 inch tv but i, I my go-to tracks were more of the parodies so i'm sorry for failing you <sighs> <laughs> All right, this is our last episode of Magnified right, Pod. It's a good note to go out on. <laughs> I did want to show you, John, because I, I talked about this on my uh, on the app. That's awesome. This is my uh, Weird, Al, <laughs> Weird Al ceramic uh, Man. Um, that rules. figurine that I made when I was like in fifth grade or something like that. Well done. Anyway, anyway on that note, we will hmm. cover some weird al on the patreon because we've got to and yep. i will convince john of the errors <laughs> of his way so. i'm willing to i'm willing to do a deep dive do a lot of deep dives uh, yeah. these days. uh i i i'll share my i've created a spotify playlist of Ooh, yeah. a majority of my of my favorite weird al originals mm-hmm. so i'll just share that with you you can Great. run through it you can tell me what you think I'm down. Um, all right, moving on. We have some voicemails. We have a voicemail line. Um, on this episode, we have we're going. <laughs> uh, you know, something that Jason, uh, our shadow producer, Jason from Unoriginal Vinyl, he's been doing this sort of interesting history uh-huh. segment, <laughs> talking about different points in time of. Typically, if we're talking about an album or whatever, but there was something that came up in, I think it was last week's episode mm-hmm. when uh, I think it was Nick Polk left a message talking about <laughs> how there's this kid at his Christian school that was right. saying that 
his dad, this guy, some kid's dad said that like MXPX worshiped the devil or something mm. like that. He's like, right. you should listen to Slick Shoes. They believe in the Lord. <laughs> um, and so from that, Jason uh, uh, brought our attention to something that MTV did mm-hmm. like 24 years ago. Uh-huh. And he has a voicemail about this. Okay, it's time for another episode of Interesting History with Unoriginal Vinyl. We're calling this segment, Are You Christian Enough for the Christian Enough? Mm. Uh, and what we're going to focus today on is a MTV News Week in Rock segment that aired on September the 22nd of 1997. Kurt Loder introduces uh, the TomFest Festival and all of the Christian rockers in their weird bohemian uh, styles and attitudes. Uh, the episode starts uh, basically postulating that there's a lot of division and strife within the Christian music scene as to who is Christian enough for the Christian enough. Uh, MTV is at, I'm sorry, MXPX is at the center of this heated debate because they signed recently to uh, A&M Records from Tooth and Nail. And there are a lot of kids in the Christian scene who are very upset that MTV, uh, gosh, <laughs> MXPX is not Christian enough for them anymore. Um, in fact, bands get involved in this debate uh, about whether or not it matters. Jonathan Ford from Roadside Monument and Unwed Sailor screams at a little kid who's saying they should just do their music for Christ like they originally set out to do. Uh, Jeff from 90 Pound Wolf also weighs in uh, saying, I can listen to Marilyn Manson if I want to. It's not going to affect my walk, to which everybody gasps audibly. <laughs> oh, hey, <laughs> come on, too far, man. This is a Christian festival. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to send you guys this video, and you can post it to your socials, because what do I care? I used it, um, segments of it for the no new kind of story documentary. It's got a time code on it because it was sent to me at highest resolution possible, but you had to pay for the full segment. Uh, we ended up just paying for like 10 seconds of it for new, no, no new kind of story. But it is really funny history, so feel free to share that. It is cringy AF. <laughs> Yeah. Um <laughs> he's not wrong. No, I yeah, we'll we'll post this. Mm-hmm. It's it is cringy. Like so I I had zero reaction to MXPX leaving tooth and nail and going to AM. <laughs> <laughs> like I did right. I I went out and bought Buffalo. Like right. That whenever when it came out, like I remember sitting in a car on vacation, I uh, and I may have gotten it on the road or something. I don't remember. I, I just remember having it on a road trip, and I don't remember when I got it. But I have a memory of sitting in the back of a car, listening to it, like some of like the first times listening through it, and it's like I didn't care. <laughs> Did right. you? Did you have any memory of caring about any of this? I think I did, but not out of a place of like, like I was not a person who cared about secular versus Christian. I listened to all of it, but like my main thing was like, 
concerning. I mean, probably selling out. I was probably concerned about that. Not on a faith level, but on a, how can you sign with a major? And I feel like it just coincided with, I remember, you know, we've, this is old ancient history. We've we've rehashed this, but like, even though I love Buffalo, I was a little disappointed when it came out because there was not, I liked when they got into politics and faith stuff. And that felt a little more raw. And I just felt the sense of them singing more about girls and stuff as they were being pushed at a more sort of major label level. But it, that was probably my only sort of concern. I wasn't like these kids <laughs> at Tom Fest in this clip who were like, how can I take them seriously anymore if they're not going to say that they love the Lord and stuff like that? So <laughs> also like, it's it's so embarrassing the idea of like they set out to sing about the Lord like they should just stick to that it's like bro they, <laughs> don't ever grow or change <laughs> they started playing when they were like fifteen years old and you're right. like why don't you stick to the plan you made when you were a child what's the problem yeah I have a feeling that if we talked to the majority of those people <laughs> on the pod today they'd be like oh boy I don't know get, a, get them on the pod <laughs> yeah get get them all on the pod. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I have a like having Jeff Becker slash Jeff suffering from ninety pound wuss. Mm. He strikes me as someone who would be interesting yes. to talk to. So when we have a more hard, that hardcore season, that hardcore season, and I know there might be some difference of opinions about how one categorizes something like 90 pound wuss but i i do think that they fall in the more lean more towards hardcore punk Mm -hmm. or hardcore than they do really anything else so um yeah so thank you jason for that um we got Daniel from Kansas from the from the eighties or nineties sitcom Too Many Dannys. Too many What's up guys? It's Daniel from Kansas City. Uh I kinda just have I don't know, some thoughts on uh slick shoes and the skate punk style in general. Uh, just with the way you guys have been talking about these first three albums and how like I mean, you like the first one, but, like, the second two are not really quite up to standard um, in terms of, like, songwriting. And I think my thoughts on that are, I mean, I don't know the way that Switch Shoes wrote their songs, but, like, my guess is that they kind of wrote a lot of the music first, um, and then their singer tried to write lyrics and, and sing over the music. Um, and I think that doesn't make for as good of a song as if you come up with like the the melody and the lyrics first and then make that into a skate punk or pop punk song. Um, particularly with like the really fast double time beat. Um, it, I think it's really difficult to come up with interesting melodies and rhythms over that. Not, not that I'm saying that like, songwriters shouldn't use it because it's awesome um but like you should make your good song first maybe and then like put that beat under it um it i think it's just really hard to like kind of count and keep time uh and like come up with 
can be done. Um, I think good examples are like the final slow dance by MXPX or like, um, I don't know if you remember that band Fillmore. I think their, their self-titled album has a couple of songs at the beginning that have some really cool melodies, but also like, um, good pop songs, uh, gay pop kind of beats and stuff. So, um, that's just my thoughts. I, I, I'm just wondering if that was maybe what went on in these first few, um, Slick Shoes albums. Uh, but I know I had Far From Nowhere and like, I really like some of the songs off of that. And they, they, they just seem like a lot more interesting while still being super fast gay pop kind of stuff. So, um, that's it. Stay warm, guys. Thanks, man. You know, this is something that Reese talked about quite a bit when we had him mm-hmm. on and the ways that the melody of a song can be influenced. And if you're writing the lyrics and you're the singer, it is sort of on you. Mm-hmm. And I I know that when if you're the songwriter and the lyricist are two different people, those two people have to work really well together. And, you know, just singing along to the melody or like making the melody track with whatever the chord progression is, Mm -hmm. to Daniel's point, is not super interesting. And Ryan, uh, for his part, got a lot better as the band got a lot better lyrically, melodically and his just range wise too. So whether we can chalk that up to just his voice growing as a, just as a person growing as a, as a, as a singer or a, a stylistic choice of the band, how they, chose to craft the melodies of the song and in the order in which they did that, like whether it was lyrics first or vice mm-hmm. vice versa, doing the music first. Um, I, I don't know. They seem to have, they seem to, they figured it out some somewhere along the way. Yeah. Um, I think it's an interesting conversation to have and perhaps there is something to that in terms of at least our thinking of both burnout and wake up screaming as being not, uh, certainly not as solid as rusty, um, or where they would go after that toward the end. But I wanted to shout out, um, the labeled podcast, the tooth and nail pod. They did an interview episode with all the guys in slick shoes when, uh, the new record came out. And one of the things they said that I took notice of was that they felt like, recording rotation and frequency was kind of the first time that they had captured the energy since rusty of kind of being in the same room together and mm-hmm. working out things together and having the songwriting be sort of a shared effort. Um, so yeah, I think it's certainly possible that along the way there, at least with that original core group of guys that that process kind of changed and they felt like with the new record, it was like, the first time they kind of had the same dynamic and energy. And I feel like you can tell because I mean, yeah, we'll get there, but those, those two albums as bookends stand out very much to me um, among their discography. Agreed. And I think we got that impression when we talked to Steve Kravak that there was a a lot more 
experimentation yeah. in in the studio. There's a little bit more time and energy focused on trying some things and not just like going in there and throwing something down. Right. Which we will also talk about on this week's Patreon because we're going to be discussing <laughs> uh, the pop goes punk. Uh, punk, sorry, punk, punk goes pop. Punk yeah. goes pop. Right. And a, the a a series of punk and sort of hardcore metal bands doing pop songs that were popular in the year two thousand, mm-hmm. or not just in the year two thousand, but just because uh, a lot well, a lot of them were. But there were some there's some older cuts on there, some eighties cuts. But anyway, uh, we will get into that. Slick I, that Shoes covering that candy, baby. Yeah, Slick Shoes covering that Mandy Moore candy, <laughs> which I will I will relay my, if I haven't talked about my Mandy Moore story on this pod, uh-huh. we will talk about that. <laughs> I don't the, remember it now. The I'm Patreon. So yeah. <laughs> um, Subscribe now to get that hot content. <laughs> <laughs> to get that, that exclusive of a Mandy Moore story. <laughs> um, all right. So thanks, Daniel, for that. We appreciate that. Uh, voicemail. Good to hear from you. And here's a guy who we always hear from. <laughs> What's up, my dude? It's your boy Danny Stairs calling in. I uh, just want to say I'm glad to hear the uh, uh, best life uh, voice come back and the new Texas twist on it. I really appreciate that. I, you know, I always love your guys' horrible accents. So uh, keep up the horrible work. Mad pop for life. Toodaloo, motherfucker. <laughs> Danny liking that um, we brought the best life voice back, which we did again in this episode. Yeah. Why were we doing a Texas accent? I don't remember. Um, I don't remember, but I but I ended up doing um, my impression of, oh, gosh, what's what's his name? Um Oh, Sam, Sam Elliott, Sam Elliott. Yeah. The yeah. Sam, sort of Sam Elliott doing, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> Who you think I remember? Name? You think I remember <laughs> yeah. last week, <laughs> last week. That's too much. That's um, too much, man. Too much. Speaking of Texas, I want to give a brief shout out. We have uh, a few uh, Texan yeah. Patreon punks and listeners in general. And it sounds like things are just awful down there right now yeah. uh, with this winter storm and with the, you know, kind of unprepared uh, infrastructure to handle it. Um, so I hope everybody is doing okay down yes. there by the time this comes out and, and staying warm and getting the things you need. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, well well said and good call out. Um, yeah, I it, it looks like an, an absolute nightmare and the response has just been unbelievably embarrassing and unacceptable um really cool senator you guys got too (laughs) yeah uh ted cruz who likes ted cruz have you ever heard anybody be like this guy's great (laughs) i mean enough people like him that they're i guess that they voted for him over beto i feel like they don't like him either though oh gosh you know it's he's he's I, I think it was Roxanne Gay, um, who I, th- I think it was Roxanne Gay who said, uh, uh, "Shout out to Ted Cruz for making the next his his next opponent's campaign commercial for him." Right. Yeah. You know, exactly. It's, it's just like yeah. It's like 
Got to hit up, got to go to Cancun. You know, my state's, what's what's going on? My state's having a crisis? Well, I'm rich. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to be here. I can go on vacation and go someplace warm because fuck everybody else. Yeah, it, I saw somebody being like, the irony that he's escaping uh, Texas to go to Mexico <laughs> from a you know senator who's disparaged uh, Mexico and Mexican people coming to Texas many times. Um, yeah. Are, wait, wait, out. wait. Hold on a second. Are you saying that tech that Ted Cruz is a hypocrite, bro? Well, that can't be. That that, um, that doesn't sound right. That can't possibly we've, be right. We, let me let me hold on. Let me this. let me check. Let me check my notes. Oh no no no! It is right. He's he's oh. garbage and a giant hypocrite. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay, moving on. I forgot that. Uh, I think we've said in the past that he probably was somebody who listened to some of the bands <laughs> that we talked about when we were in high school. Um, don't get him on the pod, though. No. Um, I wanted to quickly shout out uh, the organization March for Our Lives, the Texas chapter. Uh, if you go check them out on their website or on their Instagram, uh, they've got a, like a resource guide to how you can donate and help uh, folks in Texas who need it right now. So just shouting that out briefly. Yes, and thank you to those of you who choose to support uh those causes yes um trans uh, terrible transition from that uh sobering <laughs> and serious topic to someone who's probably not sober and less serious <laughs> guys, we're serious again um it's the end of the app uh wanted to you know, drop a couple comments first off you guys are assholes who don't know a thing but i don't see why that should stop us from enjoying your show um <laughs> and listening to your hot takes uh, second off, I want to say that uh, I think your summary uh, kind of summed it up for me as, as well. Kind of, uh, kind of underwhelmed. Um, I think I'm in the same spot that you guys are at this point. Uh, that Rusty definitely defines the early uh, slick shoes for me, um, and you know, maybe something down the road that you guys uh, bring to light will will tell me that that's not their best, but. Uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, also, wanted to weigh in. I know I normally don't do a top three because mm. that's just not oh. my thing. Mm. Uh, but John's picks were as good as any, so I'm gonna I'm gonna co-sign on John's. I'm gonna switch the order. I'm gonna put Angel on top. Uh, so I think I'm flopping one and two. Uh, but but I'll put in a top three for the first time in quite some time. I might have once done a top three before. I'm something I don't remember. Anyhow. Um, that's it. Can't wait to to hear next week. Back top of the life. Thanks, buddy. Now I had Angel as number one. You had Angel as number two. So he may be mistaken. Maybe maybe he's talking about my. Uh, maybe he misspoke. Maybe he was saying my my top three. I don't know. Um, we'll never be able to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, one last one last voicemail. We got Doctor Chad. Hey. Slash Jen Mandigo. Hey, this is Dr. Chad. So <laughs> I just finished watching, well, listening to the Wake Up Screaming and then watching the Patreon extra with you guys. And first of all, I just have to tell you guys that you need to stop talking shit about before everything and after. <laughs> that, that was Andrew. Amazing. It's unexpected <laughs> the best record, whether you want to admit it or not. Oh, okay. That's okay. false. <laughs> <laughs> this is unequivocally, without a doubt, the fakest of fake news. We've hashed this out with her in the past. We have. Uh, I think I'm overall 
kinder to, to before everything and after than you are, maybe. I certainly we we in terms of an XPX albums, <laughs> it is it is your number nine and it's my <laughs> number ten. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so secret weapon is worse. We all know that. Um, um yeah, I don't know. I, anyway. I mean, they're both they are Thank both you for your support, John. <laughs> That's all I have to say on the subject. You know, and I wasn't, I don't know. I don't think I was talking shit about it. I think what I said was that the Slick Shoes album on the Patreon, I think I said that the Slick Shoes album, they're self-titled and then, uh, so self-titled into Far From Nowhere. I compared it to the Before Everything and After to Panic. Right. It's that SAT question. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So... Uh, Slick Shoes self-titled is before everything and after as far from nowhere is to and the correct answer is panic panic Um, so I don't I don't know maybe she I don't remember saying terrible things I think maybe she's just inferring (laughs) because (laughs) that we we don't particularly like the self-titled record Uh, maybe that's what she was inferring from that but the best record uh, is still fake news and you need to stop with the blasphemy so comparing everything you don't like to before everything and after is not winning you any points with me. Um, okay, fine. When it comes to Wake Up Screaming, definitely better than Burnout. And uh-huh. I go back and forth because I think it technically is better than Rusty, at least from a vocal standpoint. Like, sure. You got a couple more notes on Wake Up Screaming than <laughs> on Rusty, but I think... Nostalgia-wise, Rusty, Rusty wins, probably for a lot of people. I think that's why it's so beloved by many. But I definitely was noticing when we were listening to Wake Up Screaming on the pod of a lot of similarities to a lot of other tooth and nail bands at the time. Um, definitely some similarities to some MXCX stuff. Um, Huntington's, mm. I think you guys brought up, not a tooth and nail band, but Ma different there were different spots there in wake up screaming where it was almost like you were listening to bits and pieces of these other which is definitely something that happens especially because you know they're all together and being influenced by each other but um hate the artwork for wake up screaming it's really creepy with that poor kid (laughs) and the more i heard about what they had to do to make it the more uncomfortable i felt about it so yeah, that's it. I'm mainly just pissed at you because the board before everything and after. But other than that, it was it was a solid pod. All right, talk to you later. You know, thank, thank you for being a Patreon punk, Jen. We're sorry that we pissed you off. I, I will I certainly call before everything and after a better album than uh, Slick Shoes self titled album. I'll uh I'll co-sign that. Yeah. I and I don't think I was try. I was just. I think I was just talking about. Taking the a big swing for yeah. a radio friendly, yes, like glossy pop punk album, like in the way that MXPX did before, before everything and after. Yeah. The fact that I don't like e- either of them is sort yeah. of beside the point. I think I was just trying to make the comparison that at that similar time in the early two thousands, when a lot of pop punk bands were gaining notoriety and were blowing up. I feel like that was the smart move to make. Yeah. And um, 
I whether or not one thinks it was the the move was effective in terms of whether or not you like the album, that's a difference of opinion. But I think Slick Shoes was going for that. And uh yes, so it was yeah. not that was not effective. Uh obviously because they you know, MXPX landed a Pepsi commercial. Hey. Uh, Slick Shoes got on Punk Goes Pop. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Didn't didn't really pan out. Um, I also wanted to mention, she talked about the Wake Up Screaming artwork. Uh, another fun uh, little anecdote from that labeled uh, pod interview they did was them making fun of the Wake Up Screaming artwork and being like... Um, understanding in retrospect that it was not a good good look so they're with us on that one um i also want to shout out literally i think every single comment on our instagram <laughs> yes talking about the alternate artwork yeah almost everybody said to some degree uh this is so much better yeah. way way better yeah uh, these are much better this is so much better. Oh my God. So much better. (laughs) Like everybody said the same thing. It's like, I don't know who made the ultimate decision was like, nah, let's go. Let's go with something else. Um, because it, and some, who was it that somebody said, um, uh, somebody was making, made a comment about it looking like a Lillington's, Lillington's cover and it's kind of yeah that sort of like pop art kind of uh or that that old school kind of looking i what's is that what it was called what's that kind of like the pulp art pulp art pulp art is what i meant not pop art pulp art yeah um yeah so oh man uh so jen we will do our best to (laughs) stop I will do my best, you know. Sure. <laughs> I will I won't lump John into into your uh into the anger that we we have stoked in you. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, thank you for those voicemails. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate it. Um there is one thing I wanted to say before we would move on and and you know, talking about some of these old albums. Um I want to just acknowledge, maybe I did this at the top of the season by just saying that some of these records were records that are going to be largely new to us and Mm -hmm. some of them aren't. I just want to acknowledge that, uh, you know, feel free to like call in and shout out what these albums mean to you. Just because like for us, they may have not been something that was significant or important to us maybe Wake Up Screaming was a revelation for you mm-hmm. in the way uh, Teenage Politics by MXPX was a revelation and like a singularly, uh, you know, sh- seismic shift of an album that it was for me and John. Like that really important record, Upbeats and Beatdowns, like those, th- that time, those albums can be very uh, important. And we also need to recognize that like, our listeners vary in age. And so when people are introduced to these bands varies wildly. So maybe the albums you came to a little later are not going to be the albums that 
were as meaningful to us. So tell us we're wrong. You know, shout out, be like, hey, you know, you guys wake up screaming, did this for me, or this song was important to me, or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, know, I can't believe you didn't say this about this album or whatever. Uh, You know, this is a community of of listeners and you know where we many of us grew up in a very similar scene which is why we're kind of painstakingly going over all these albums that are 25 years old but uh just because our opinions might differ we still would like to hear from you and we still want to hear your experiences even if they weren't ours and even if we aren't into a particular album uh, as evidenced by Jen <laughs> calling about before everything and after, we still we want you to like you know s- share share your your hot takes, share your opinions, and um yeah. and we just we we want to hear from you, and we want to hear which what albums which of these albums that we cover mean something to you. Yeah, I would say that there's like a a fair degree of uh, consensus around the first two bands that we covered around which albums are sort of the most preferred, you know, there's some ups and downs, but like it really feels all over the place. The takes on these like she's albums. I mean, I think right. as we've said, people seem to kind of form a consensus around rusty burnout um, was all over the place. Burnout really all over the place. Some people saying it was their favorite. Some people saying it was their worst. I mean, yeah, it just, there seems to be with those, with the, you know, people loving rusty. We know people, love the new album. Uh, it seems like people like far from nowhere from what we put out there and how people responded, but I'd be curious to hear more thoughts about that. But like a lot of those records in between the, re- the reactions were really kind of all over the place. So that yeah. was interesting to see. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's interesting. You say that we talk about consensus because we, we talked about this on season two, going into five iron, having this idea right. of what we thought the consensus was going to be. And yeah. how we were not even close. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the maybe the biggest revelation out of that is like Boogaloo is really, really high up for a lot of people. I yep. wouldn't have necessarily expected it. But anyway. Yep. yep. Um, all right. So moving on. Yes. John. Mm. I have a question for you. What's that? <laughs> Do you want to play a game? I got a, I got a hot hand. I can feel it. I'm ready. Today's <laughs> you're gonna ready? be good. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to be doing. Uh, was it was it fast fingers? Was that who <laughs> wants to be a millionaire? That's okay. a real. That's a relevant. Uh, <laughs> I got them fast fingies. You got them fast fingies. I'll be. I'll. <laughs> I'll be Regis. Regis. I'll be yeah, Regis. Gonna talk. Gonna be talking about slick shoes. <laughs> slick hey, shoes um, first album. First was. album. Magpie. <laughs> That was right. good. Just do this whole thing as Regis, please. <laughs> um, Gelman, what's going on over there? Sorry, Reg. I've I've never once done a Regis Philbin. Well, uh, R.I.P. Nailed it on the first try. R.I.P. Yep. He's up there high fiving Carmen. <laughs> Sorry. That is over. Okay. So, John. Yes. Um, I'm going to be sharing my screen. Hmm. I'm going to cover my eyes just for a minute <laughs> in case I see any Hulks or Reguses or whatever. No, no, no Hulks, no Reguses. Um, but 
Uh, we're going to be talking rotation and frequency today. Mm. Good up. And so uh, we're going to be covering things relating to rotation, spinning, frequencies, all that sort of thing in a game I'm calling What's the Frequency Johnny the name of this game? Uh-huh. Uh, uh. <laughs> I couldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, so John, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. First question. What's the Frequency Kenneth? well-known rem song from their 1994 album monster but before it was a song it was a confusing slogan in 1986 two assailants beat and kicked a particular individual on the streets of manhattan who was it was it a david letterman b dan rather c andy rooney d ronald reagan if it was D, that would be a real failure of his Secret Service. Um, do you remember? Do you, do you, uh, he two did questions. get shot. He did so, get shot. So I guess there's that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, um, do you do you know the enough. do you know this album? Do you know this, the the origin of this? Yeah, I I had this album and loved this album. Um, weird album for them, the scary one as we also know it. Um, <laughs> yes, lots but, of tremolo. Uh, <laughs> so much tremolo. Uh, yes, I, I remember this happening, and I am fairly confident it is B Dan Rather. You're going B Dan Rather, and that is correct. Hey, it is Dan Rather. Um, yeah, what a uh, scary and startling yeah uh, story. Especially the someone like chasing him and asking what you know, Kenneth, what's the frequency? What's the frequency? It's yeah. like that's terrifying. terrifying. And also, uh it, and they didn't like I think it was nineteen ninety four that they finally apprehended oh, wow. the one of the people, or at least maybe one of the people, maybe if not two both of them. But uh some people were like skeptical. Mm. of this story because of how bizarre it was. Right. Um, so right. I'm, you know, almost 40, was it, I guess 35 years later. I'm glad that, uh, Dan Rather's okay, but that's a, a, so weird. It's very weird. It was supposedly like something he had said on a, on a newscast once, like, and that was like a producer or something like that. But this person remembered that line. I don't know. Uh, not only is Dan rather uh, doing well today, he's he's dunking on Ted Cruz on Twitter. Um, uh, Dan rather a great Twitter follower. Great Twitter follow. He, <laughs> Love that dude. He is he is long out of fucks to give. <laughs> For sure. Glad okay. he's glad he's doing doing okay. Yeah. Um, question two. Hmm. A spin is a b-boying move that involves rotation of the breaker's body about some axis in contact with the ground. I'm going to read you some names of some other breakdance moves, mm-hmm. but one of them is fake. <laughs> oh, man. A, double pinwheel. B, pumping turtle. <laughs> C, reverse UFO. Or D, sandwich flare. Really... I'm trying to imagine each of these and very excited to Google pumping turtle later. <laughs> um, you know, I, I can imagine what A through C could, 
could look like. Uh, D seems um, uh, very hard to picture. So Sa- sandwich flare sounds um, is is a hard picture. Yeah, I'm going what would, D. What would what would sandwich flare look like to you, John? He was like grabbing some condiments <laughs> as you're spinning around or something. I don't know. Throwing a, you know, you th- you're you're stacking it up. You're throwing on right. some. Yeah, sounds pretty the, good. You got the knife. You got the thrown down on the. <laughs> if you can do that, head. like while spinning around on your head, that sounds pretty dope. So you're going. Uh, the fake one is yeah. D sandwich flare. Mm. I'm sorry, John. <clears throat> that is uh, incorrect. Um, the real answer as in the one that is fake that i made up is double pinwheel huh sounds very plausible yes uh double pinwheel if you do google it it is a uh, quilting term okay (laughs) (laughs) it is a a quilting pattern that you will see in a in a lot of quilting but Mm. yeah pumping turtle reverse ufo and sandwich flare uh those are all various moves they're not all spin moves um Sandwich, uh, flare. They're they're different. I was learning about. This is why I like doing the games. I learn something every time I every time I make a game. That uh, all these b boy moves. There are different forms. I mean, like that. Uh, like spins. Spins are only one kind, one kind of thing. And a flare is is something else. So I'm Got not it. going to speak with any authority. Sure. On any of this, but. I'm uh, I'm watching a video Are you watching of a turtle a pumping, pump, turtle? pumping turtle right now, <laughs> also known as a float, and I've definitely seen this move. So yeah, I, I understand. It's very it's very impressive. <laughs> it is. You know, as I was cu- trying to come up with names, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm like, I need to Google just to make sure this isn't a name because I I came up with some names and then I Google it and I'm like, oh, this is already a thing. <laughs> there you go. You know. But anyway, pump that um, turtle, bro. <laughs> moving on. Uh, three question three and if you want to answer this question just go ahead now uh spin doctors 1993 single the two princes mm-hmm. peaked at number seven on the billboard hot 100 and the song lead singer chris Barron depicts a rivalry between two princes who are trying to win over a girl usually ending the line with the word now mm-hmm. for example said if you want to call me baby just go ahead now. Which of these isn't a real lyric? A. He'll eat his hat now. B. And that's some bread now. C. Ain't in his head now. Or D. What's up with that now? <laughs> I'm the one that's summer how cock could be. Um, <laughs> also in that song. Why is that word like syllable for syllable implanted on our brains for eternity? I don't know. All right, just the just the claps. And if you want to call me, baby, I I thought I knew that song pretty well, but I don't remember any of those words. Are you, dude? Are you kidding me? None of that. The only part that we remember is. Go ahead now. That's right. all. Any if if someone told me that "Go Ahead Now" uh, was the only lyrics in that song, that's right. all I would assume. <laughs> um, gosh, that and buying that flowers. Buy her flowers. Uh, eat his hat now. Not some <laughs> bread now. 
and in his head now. What's up with that now? I think what's up with that now and, and that's some bread now are in there. In his head now. I mean, I'm tempted to say he'll eat his hat now, but that feels so weird that it probably is the answer, but I don't know. I'm going A. He'll eat his hat now. That's that you're saying he'll eat his hat now is the is the fake lyric. Uh-huh. I'm Let's sorry, see. John. Uh-huh. That is incorrect. What, uh, what is it? What's up with that now? I made that what? up. That really seems like it. Are you sure it's not in there somewhere? It's, it's, not, it's not in there. <laughs> what's up with that now? And that's some bread now. <laughs> that That's some bread now is repeated more than once. Does he mean like money? I guess. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's get, like him, a, get him on the pod. We'll figure yeah, it out. Might be another like quarantine uh, song where he's like talking about making a sourdough. <laughs> that's some bread now. <laughs> that's what he says whenever he <laughs> makes a fresh loaf. <laughs> he's like, um, gonna make some sandwich. Gotta make sandwich right well, that's got to go to the store and get some bread now. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, moving on. So we got uh, your one for three, John. Yeah, you, started off, you started off strong. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll, see what, we'll see if we can turn around. Okay. Turn it around now. <laughs> Frequencies Ooh. is a film by writer and director Darren Paul Fisher. What is the plot of this film? Is it A humans emit specific frequencies that determine emotional connections in this sci-fi romance. B, NASA scientists noticed irregular wave patterns from dozens of objects getting dangerously close to Earth's atmosphere in this sci-fi horror. C, a middle school student becomes a little more than average after his struggling science fair project goes awry in this sci-fi comedy. Or is it D, Rival radio stations battle over the airwaves as tensions escalate and area residents choose sides in this dark comedy. Fascinating. So you made up three of these. I made up three of those. And as always, any of them sound certainly like they could be movies. So congratulations to you. (laughs) Um, Boy, I feel like I've seen this movie but I don't think I'm getting it right. Big Fisherhead? I couldn't tell you who that is. Um, and I feel like it's not fair to ask who's in the movie. Um, I feel like there's a movie called Frequency, singular, with uh, Dennis Quaid. And I feel like there's a movie that has sort of this premise with Michael Keaton, but it's called maybe White Noise or something. Um but if it's not called White Noise, I'm going to assume that's what this movie is. But none of these are quite that. Uh, da, da, da. Humans emitting specific frequencies. NASA scientists. Middle school students. Rival radio stations. Boy. Uh, I'm going B, NASA scientists. You're saying that B, the NASA scientists and the dozens of objects coming to earth mm-hmm. sci-fi horror is the real plot of frequencies yeah i'm sorry john uh. <laughs> the correct answer is a humans emit specific frequencies that determine emotional connections <laughs> sounds vaguely familiar so yes the there are uh 
and basically the if you have two different frequencies there people will not be able to be together huh. and there's this one guy who's like trying to he's in love with this girl but she doesn't have the frequency that she will understand love and so she wants to learn to love <laughs> i mean sounds pretty good it's at 100 percent on rotten tomatoes it sounds i mean that it certainly there it's a uh, as you rattled off all the movies that sounded kind of similar <laughs> it's like i don't know by the way white noise is the name of the michael keaton movie okay so uh, at seven uh, percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> yeah it, this one it sound it, it said it was like a, a fairly ambitious and pretty yeah, well interesting ex- well executed film because it's not only just sci-fi and romance and there's like there's a lot going on there so. Yes, frequency singular is with Dennis Quaid. By the way, yes, I nailed correct. that. Um, you did. Well, you I want you. I, sp- <laughs> I don't own it. I specifically would like you to write the rival radio stations one. That sounds great. <laughs> that sounds so, fun. So here's the thing. I initially had frequencies as a 2013 film, and then I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, I gotta take the, I gotta take 2013 out because a rival mm. radio station plot. <laughs> In, right. in 2013, yeah, does not, not does not sound plausible. Right. So It'd be like rival SoundCloud rappers or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Um, All right, John. I would uh, like to ask if you've seen the movie Airheads. Of course, that I think <laughs> that was movie. that was at 93. What was that? Yeah, that sounds right. 93. Yeah. It's kind uh, of a... Brendan Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, Adam Sandler. That's right. Uh, the Lone Rangers. The Lone Rangers. Lone. How can you be lone if there are three of you? There are three of you. That's a great movie. They take over a radio station. Kind of a frequencies rival radio station to Jace. Sort of. Yeah, sort of. Uh, yeah, big. A big radio station. Like a local radio station being taken over by corporate. You right. know. So, except the... I don't know how... Um, uh, holding a radio station hostage right <laughs> oh it also has michael richards in it and chris yeah, it and chris farley it does man it's, it's a stacked cast it is that is i do remember uh i think was it chris farley who ripped off some guy's nipple ring <laughs> yeah it sounds right he's like a cop right yeah he is a cop yeah. all oh, right man um john yes one for one for four okay let's do this let's do this let's let's you got this this is a true or false. We're testing out something different here. Mm. True or false? I need to tell you. You need to tell me if this is a true movie coming. Coming summer 2021. Disney Channel original movie. It's called Spin. Uh. An Indian American teen learns she has a passion for creating DJ mixes that blend the textures of her Indian heritage and the world around her. Well, that sounds pretty great. Uh, so if you did make it up again, I think this is a good pitch. Uh, I'm going to say real. Real. John, you're right. Hey. It is real. Disney yeah, Channel original yeah. movie sounded pretty good. Yeah, uh, I'm going to watch it. I assume it's on Disney+. Plus. I hope I hope so. Yeah. it That does sound like a, you know... It's a cool uh, premise. Cool premise that she's going to be... Yeah, I, I would. I'd be vast, fascinated to sound what like a a DJ with like sort of like Indian music vibes being thrown in there. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that can sound pretty it. sick. Um, you know what? I will be watching the hell out of on Disney Plus. What's that? Uh, in the next month, it's the new Mighty Ducks TV show. Oh, when is that coming out, bro? I think it comes out like the day after my birthday, which mm. is a, a great birthday present to me. It takes uh, place which is, in Minneapolis. Hell yeah, it does. Um, yeah, I think it's like March 16th, but um, I don't care if it's good or not. I am the the center of the bullseye on the target for who the show is for, <laughs> and I will be watching every episode. So, <laughs> yeah, I am. I I remember when that um that trailer came out, and I was like, it's uh got Emilio Estevez back in it. I'm pretty yeah, it sure does. it was Lauren Graham Lauren in it. Graham too. bringing that Gilmore energy. Uh, yes, that big Gilmore energy. <laughs> Love that BG. <laughs> um, all right, so two for five. That's that's not too bad. I've done worse. You have done worse, just barely, though. <laughs> uh, this was fun. I like things that spin and have frequencies. Yes, we, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, this, I was trying to, I almost had some questions about Hertz. I was thinking of uh, um, 10,000 Hertz Legends by Air. Sure. They, uh, they, Air also had a, an album called everybody hurts with a as in uh, yes the sound frequency those wacky frenchmen those wacky friend that wacky french duo everybody knows <laughs> when, I, when people think of air they think just comedy gold <laughs> i jinx <laughs> <laughs> all right um cool that was fun is it time um, to take a break and 100%. come back and Dive into those rotations. Oh man, we when we come back, we are oh, going to so excited spin out of control. Oh yeah, in the pit. This this pit is going to be a circle pit. Oh yeah, it's, <laughs> it's going to be spinning around, bro. Oh man, gonna cover the twenty twenty slick shoes comeback banger rotation mm. and frequency. Mm. Hey, I'm Joe, and I'm a composer and a musician. That's why we call you the maestro, and I'm Will. I'm a literal doctor. But don't trust this guy with your ailments. No, I study comic books, but it still counts. We're a couple of creative kids who host a podcast called Common Creatives. We dig deep into filmmakers, musicians, books, and characters, really all types of artistic works and the people who make them. We break apart the art we love to see what makes it tick. Basically, we give you the definitive take on whatever or whoever we're discussing. All opinions are definitive and final. So check out Common Creatives wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. Uh, and just those 14 <laughs> seconds, John and I are already psyched. Oh, man. I cannot wait to talk about this album. Spoiler alert. This album <laughs> rules. So hard. Um, They came back. They Strong. went ham. They went they ham on this record. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's, it's so good. Um, so after... 2003's hmm. Far From Nowhere done. Great album They're done They yeah. they ended on a banger of a record mm-hmm. With only two of the original members right. And they're donezo And then uh, I remember In 2019 I was on My I was on the L In Chicago 
mm-hmm. on my way to work. And I saw, because I, you know, I have, no, it was 2018. I always say 2019. I said 2018. I meant mm-hmm. 2018. I was uh, on the L going to work downtown. Is in the morning. And uh, I saw that Slick Shoes had this new song. I was like, what? Mm. Slick Shoes has new music? Does this mean they're doing a new album? What's going on? And, um, and it was the song, Hold It Down. Yes. And uh, I was underwhelmed by Hold It Down. Doesn't make the album. It does not make the album. Um, the recording, not spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the performance, it just it just didn't have the the presence that I was like ah, this. I don't know. It just it just felt a little. I was just underwhelmed by it. Um, and then 2019, they release broadcasting live and at this point i'm not even sure if if i had any idea if there was going to be a new album i mean it just seemed like they're performing again they're playing with mxpx a lot we covered that um mm-hmm. you know you know five iron and slick shoes were both playing with mxpx as we were kind of talked about in Mm-hmm. our first season and everything. And um, I don't know. I, I didn't know what, I didn't know what to expect. And I do, do you remember? Cause I actually don't have a strong memory of when I heard. When did you first hear of rotation and frequency? When did I first hear of rotation and frequency? I don't have that memory. I mean, obviously we were aware of it as of, as of, early last year when yeah. we talked with Steve Gravac. Right. But I don't yeah. remember any, like a, an announcement in my mind that I can pin down. I don't know. I know. I mean, so the, the four guys from the original lineup did reunite in 2008, which is where the song 2008 on the album comes from. Cause they started writing some stuff then. And I think played a show and then kind of like, would write some songs and hang out and stuff together over the years, but didn't really do anything again until like 2017. So I feel like around that time there was some buzz starting to grow again about what they might do. And I feel like I remember you coming in when we were recording the first season, telling me that it had been officially announced. That's my memory of it. Um, and then got into it more with Steve Kravac, okay. friend of the pod. Um, but yeah, I, it, was on our radar at least for like some time leading up to the release. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember Steve posting videos on social media of him in the studio, sometimes Mm. just like bass tracks or just like isolated bass tracks or isolated drum tracks or something like that. Talking about that Pantera sound. He was yeah, making Pantera pop punk again. (laughs) Making pop punk Pantera again. Yeah. Hell yeah. He said, and I was just like, Steve, I'm so so here for that. Yeah. I'm so here for heavy, mm-hmm. heavy ass mixture of like pop punk and metal. Yep. Like I, you know, or, you know, because I, I feel like, I feel like there's this idea of pop punk and hardcore 
or mm-hmm. happy hardcore or pop punk with breakdowns. That mm-hmm. is a known thing that bands like Newfound Glory have been doing for decades. Mm-hmm. But um, and other bands like Four Years Strong have come up and done like and so many bands now. Every so many modern pop punk bands are doing the pop punk with breakdowns, but like pop punk and metal, right? Like, like I don't, I that's just it's just like a those two things. I like I don't really think of those two as co coexisting, but mm-hmm. I am here for all of that heavy ass bass and and yeah. like fuzzy guitar. Yep. crunchy guitar and like and uh and shreddy like stuff that we've missed so much from jackson <laughs> yes but yeah, yeah it really sorry go ahead no i'm just like this album has is scratching so many itches yes. and so many things so many spots so many sweet spots it's hitting this album is all all up in my nooks and crannies john <laughs> it's hitting all those spots it's hitting all them crannies mm, tell me more about it about your crannies. No um, <laughs> that's that's I, for the Patreon. We'll talk about my cran- my crannies on the Patreon. So much to cover. But they, um, pe- many people are calling many people are calling it me the uh, the Thomas's English muffins uh-huh. of. I was gonna make that <laughs> call out, but didn't want to keep talking about crannies. You put lots of butter um, in my crannies. Okay, all right, moving on. Um, yeah, I feel like we're three for three with albums that we like heard about how they were coming together, and we were like, man. If this new MXPX record slash Five Iron record slash Slick Shoes record is anywhere close to how they're talking about it's going to come out, it's yeah. going to be great. And really, yeah. all of them achieved what we were hoping for, I would say. Yes, exactly. Um, I feel like this is such a culmination of all of their sounds. I mean, they oh, the energy yes. of Rusty, it's fast, um, but it's got that sort of production soaring quality of Far From Nowhere. Um, but it's also unafraid of, of darkness and mm-hmm. it's also catchy. Like it's just all, all the things that Slick Shoes is at their best is on display on this record. Um, but also sounds good. Sounds yeah. Incredible. That production, <laughs> like the mix sounds awesome. The uh, better than any other records. There's a huge sound. The drums sound great. The bass super prominent. Once again, as you said, I don't know if it's tuned really low or if he's playing a five string or if that's an effect, but it is a grungy, deep bass sound. It is a grimy, dirty sounding yeah. low. Yeah. It sounds like, a, it's like a metal bass sound. It's, yeah, totally. It's, it, it's not, it doesn't have a round bass sound. No. It doesn't have, it has, it just sounds more metal. It. It's not like. Yeah slick and round and like and you know uh bassy in the ears in the sense right. that it's and i i don't i this is where we need somebody who like john carmack <laughs> to be like what am i trying to say i don't know right, right, right. do but do you know what i'm trying to say it's not like yeah, it's totally. not thump it's not thumping bass right it's no it sounds like picked and it sounds like up front and in your face it's not yeah. it's like a very bold the, I mean, that's that's something that I associate with early slick shoes is is bass lines front and center and fucking guitar solos that melt your face. And that <laughs> yeah. is once again on full display on this record. Yeah. And I think Ryan sounds the best he's ever sounded on any album. So, Unequivocally. Unequivocally. Yeah. Um, just everybody, 
They brought Kravak back mm-hmm. to produce. Everybody, including Kravak, are just on on their top game. Um, this was released, as you said, September 25th, 2020, back on Tooth and Nail, uh, and back to the original lineup, Jackson, Jeremiah, Ryan, Joe. And then I believe they have a second guitar player for live shows um, who has that's kind of rotated, who's been that person, I believe. Um, and one clarification to make, based on last week, we were kind of wondering who, you know, there, there were two guys playing guitar on Far From Nowhere, neither of which were Jackson, but capturing some of that Jackson energy and wondering kind of who was the lead player. So David Stoltenberg was the one who was the lead guitar player on Far From Nowhere, and he rules on that record. But man, the guitar work on this album, uh, yeah, there's, there's so many songs that I'm just like, you know, we're BTBs, we're big texture boys. Um, and there's so many little guitar flourishes that just like make the song for me or take it up to a next level. Um, uh, yeah, I just love that energy the whole, the whole time. Um, uh, yeah, we, we mentioned in the first segment, like the, them capturing the energy of being the same room together again, which I guess they hadn't really done since Rusty. And they said, you know, let's listen to the stuff that we listened to when we made Rusty, but let's make this more dynamic. And I feel like it's a perfect kind of encapsulation. Like, I feel like it has the energy and the different kinds of songwriting of Rusty, but it feels more dynamic. Um, Yeah. And I, you know, I've talked about my little rating system on the show where I put a song I really love in yellow, a song I like in green, a song I don't like in red. This album is entirely yellow, which has not happened yet this season. So I'm a fan of this album. (laughs) Yes. Same, big same. We also need to call out our boy Jason, um, Mm -hmm. Shadow Producer on Original Vinyl. Uh, You can, uh, hopefully, I think you can probably still get the uh, Rotation and Frequency Vinyl on the... Maybe on the, the Truth and Nail merch now, Slick Shoes. Check that uh, out real quick. Uh, but the there are v- lots of variants, some propeller-style variants. Yeah. There are um, one that's like called uh, Extraterrestrial, which is sort yeah. of like a splattery it's cool. yellow and red. Um, so definitely check those out. I picked up two when those dropped to get a couple variants because i'm a nerd like that um i don't i don't always go and get multiple variants i'm not like that kind of person where it's like oh they're dropping 17 variants i need to get all of them like i i just thought like one of one i'm excited for this record two the variants look cool and three want to support our dude jason because um the stuff that he does always looks fucking rad yeah and we need to talk for a second this is a completely beside the point because we both saw this yesterday the uh danger radio oh yeah uh, looks so seven cool. in- is that a seven inch or is it what is it it's like a or is that a full vinyl i think it's full but okay uh... i can't i can't tell um but yeah, maybe it's a full LP, but on the unoriginal vinyl page, the this whatever he did it is just unbelievable. Yeah, the the pressing it looks like 
a paint palette with mm-hmm. like oil paints on it. I don't know how that is achieved. Yeah. But it, well, it looks incredible. I yeah. don't know how it's done, but like Jason is the best at what he does. Yeah, man. He does great work. The The design of this record rules. Um, I like it a lot, which is I not like, always the case for their stuff, as we've no, talked about. I like this. This album cover strikes me as classic, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not cheesy it's not hokey it's simple and yeah. um it doesn't it doesn't feel i don't think it'll ever feel dated no. in the way a lot of 90s and 2000s right. punk right. albums can be yes um and yes the dogfight propeller 2 and extraterrestrial variants are all up in the tooth and nail shop. So pick those up. They all look so cool. Yep. Um, yeah. I, you know, we should get into it, I guess. Cause I, yep. I just, I love this record so much. <laughs> all right. We got, uh, we got 12 songs coming in at 32 minutes. So mm-hmm. it is keep the boys are keeping it tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's start with whispers. Ooh, is that some texture I'm hearing? It is. I'm already um, on board. Almost like, <laughs> almost like a radio frequency or something, bro? Hmm. Excellent. It's my number one. Oh shit! It's your number one. Oh damn, bro. I kind of told you like how this shook out was weird and surprising to me, and that will come out uh, as we go forward. And yeah, this is another one. Okay, so first of all, I normally kind of point out like this is a top three contender for me, which I will along the way. Literally, any of these songs are top three <laughs> contenders for me. Any of them, I could make the case for. Um, but. And I wouldn't have necessarily named this as my like go-to absolute favorite, but I just cannot deny it. I feel like it perfectly captures what we're talking about in such a great way where it's like, you know, it opens with that texture we're talking about, it builds up. And then that actual opening riff, the that's like an all-timer. That's like a radio hit riff. Um and, and it I, feels very slick shoes as well. Feels very slick shoes, including the fact that there's some surprising moments uh, that come in the bridge that are like notes we, that you just don't we'll, expect. We need to we need to get let's there. Let's get to that bridge. Let's get to that bridge. Um,
love the like it's like hits hard but then it's pretty right after that it's like so many slick shoes things together then there's a little bit of this ugh Yeah, it yeah. goes back into that sort of intro. It rules. I just uh, couldn't I couldn't deny it by the time I was stacking them up. I was like, I guess I love that the most. Yeah, and it's and it's an interesting vocal uh recording choice that that Ryan has like at times that this sort of chorus not mm-hmm. like or like doubled vocal right. take and and the harmonies mm-hmm. sound are a little bit more pulled back they're not yeah. like totally up front and it's right. just a little more reverby and yeah we talked about it. the the vocal stacking on the self-titled and even at times a little bit on far from nowhere for me kind of makes me like all right it's like a little over the top the harmonies here like on the final chorus and the different vocal parts that are put together just sound perfect i love it i mean it, it they really nail it um yeah it's also you know getting to the lyrics like this record is back a little bit to being more explicitly about God, maybe than the last couple, but in a mature way. Um, and in a way that's not sort of that, uh, I don't know, adolescent vibe that, that existed even when they were beyond adolescence. But yeah, he just, I mean, so you could tell this is like an older lyricist in verse two. He's like, there was a time when I was certain of so many things as I've grown older, the list has narrowed. Um, but it still ends in this hopeful chorus of, I could not see that I was wrong. I thought I could do it on my own. I lost my hope and fell so far. Somehow I landed in your arms. Like that feels, it's like a, a grown up version of the like girl or God <laughs> song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just really appreciate the kind of overall narrative approach on these songs. Yeah. But there's, but also there are, you know, there were previous I, maybe it was on burnout that <laughs> there was a a shift in one of the songs we were talking about where he was like talking about like some person was whatever and then he like started talking about right 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 like he's like wait i thought who's he was talking, the you here who's the you and then he's like is he talking about the person he's talking about god it seems like he shifted the folk shifted the focus right but this is like the verse one is it's it's he's laying it out he's saying that you know uh you know he was certain but and he was complacent and hardened mm-hmm. and then uh and then he talked about how he grew up and mm-hmm. that he became less certain of certain things and so it it tracks yeah so yeah. the writing is clearly focused and you can track what he's saying from verse 1 to verse 2 yeah and uh, and that's sort of one of the, my complaints earlier on is like, what are we talking about? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, but in here we, I know what we know what he's talking about. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that like I've talked about on this pod a million times. And if anybody in my life who, who's talked to me, uh, knows that as I've gotten older, uh, one of the things that I have um, sort of let go was mm. certainty yeah. and being like uh, being certain about any number of things mm-hmm. because uh, and that 
that quote that I probably used on this pod a bunch too, is the opposite of faith is in doubt. It's certainty. Mm, right. And yeah. So I applaud him for this. I applaud him for, you know, saying like, Hey, this is where I've landed, but I've grown up and there are not a lot of things I'm certain about, but where I've landed feels good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great kind of headspace to open the album with and just that combined with just the energy from second one of that guitar coming in, just kind of put this one at the top for me. So great. But there's, there's also the, the, there's a, in the verse, there's like a walking bass line. Yeah. It's great. Great. So good. So good. So much um, good bass stuff on this record. Yes. This this episode's gonna be 45 years long. <laughs> we're, t- <laughs> we're taking we're taking the length of the album to talk about the first song. Probably, yeah. Right. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the whole album, and I'm like, probably double the album at least. <laughs> All right. Um carry this. Oh shit. Oh boy. Oh my god. <laughs> This is my number one. It's my number two. <laughs> it's, this this was very close to number one for me. Oh my god, dude! Like just from the get go, yeah. This guitar sound, you're like, Oof. this is not pop punk. <laughs> no, no. It is straight up. This is this sounds like a metal riff. Yeah, for sure. You're like, this is about to get heavy as hell, and it does get heavier. It does. We need. Yeah. We need to. Before we break this down anymore, mm-hmm. we need to get to yes, we do. the motherfucking bridge. <laughs> Ooh. Oh my god. Where are we going? Uh. Fucking guitar, dude! Oh my god, dude! Woo. The drums in there, uh, all of the guitar shredding everything. and the licks. Yeah, oh this my is like god. one one A and one B for me, rather than one and two. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like you said, I think so. One thing that's different is like how technical Jackson's playing is, and that's evident 
unresty. And that's something they kind of lost, uh, maybe intentionally, as they were kind of trying to move toward more mainstream. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, from second one, that awesome technical crunchy guitar riff sounds great. And then, but w- what I also love about this record and, and the song is that, so he'll open with that and then move into this cool shimmery guitar part on top of it. Yeah. Um, right after that. Um, and it's that combo that I feel like makes it so like but the bass too is the so heavy rules, rules on the song. Uh, and then the dropping out to just the bass and the vocals. Yeah. Uh, the building effect of the vocals coming back in just, yeah, it's so propulsive. And then, yeah, but by the time you get to that shreddy guitar bridge, that low sounding bass and the gang vokes come in. Oh man. Uh, so and like, and like the, the pinch harmonics too. Yeah. 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 So good. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, that to me, that those are like the most metal. Yeah. Rules. 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 What I love about Amazing. this band and this album is that they're, there is a melody to almost all these choruses, but they're backed by this darker instrumentation. And that combo is so cool. It just really hits me yes. in a great way. I love this song. I I am so psyched Ugh. to see these know, songs man. live. Yep. Oh my God. Because uh, only actually one of these songs appeared on Broadcasting Live. Right. Well, and uh, Hold It Down was one of them, but that didn't right. end up on this record. But yeah. we will get there. I am I'm so ready for a set that features many of these songs. Same. Uh, the worlds are mine. Ace. song is great this is probably my number four it's my number three okay okay <laughs> so oh, so you, the, you the first three songs are my top three. Oh my god dude <laughs> which is weird it. yeah I, that's, I feel like that's something i would do it's <laughs> and it was weird for me to realize that because i'm like but i don't it's not like it falls off for me as it goes on like it, there's strong songs all around but i guess if you're breaking it down i can't deny the side a is just like more stacked for me you know um, what this song what other band what band specific band this song reminds me of tell me uh this re- this song reminds me of blink 182 i could see that if you listen to the bass line and the drums yeah like sure. in the, like just imagine imagine mark hoppus singing right yeah Yeah, and those sure. those over. Not, I'm not. I'm not trying to be. I'm not. This isn't. Uh, 
being shitty, but like the overly playful, like busy drums. Right. That is 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. percent something that Travis does. Like, yeah. let's help. Let's see how many things I could do during right. the verse to like make it interesting. And yeah. the, the bass, the playful, constantly moving bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those bass kind of chords like like Blink would do. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's got that great bass line opening, which is classic slick shoes. I, I'm already into it, but what puts it in my top three is that guitar part that comes in on the chorus, which I don't know that Tom DeLong would do quite it that way. Um, the like, it's just like, oh, it's so beautiful, man. I love that he can shred and then do that too. guitars. There's, yeah, there's some subtle acoustic going on in the, in the chorus as well. Yeah. Yeah, I I love the song. It, it's all, this is another one that's like it's a love song, but it's a different kind of love song for them. It it certainly feels more mature. Oh um, yeah, especially with with the phrase "your body against some, mine." Some sexy talk. <laughs> some sexy um, times. Um, tell me about those nooks and crannies, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's, I mean, the, I mean, or maybe he's talking about the the wait's almost over. Maybe he's talking about waiting till marriage. I don't know. It could be. Uh, no, this strikes me as people who have been in a relationship yes. uh, because of the outro. I think it's actually pretty moving. You know, he yes. says, love, love of my youth. I will rejoice yes. with you. Like, I love that kinda, it. That kind of gives me chills. Those the drum part too. It's yeah. dude, you're so right. This is it's so hard to choose a top three. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude. This, this makes it in here, but uh, you know, there are so many others that could that could get in for me. But I I, I, yeah. I so on my uh top three that I I typed out and printed out, mm-hmm. I I said rotation and frequency top three. But I actually have four. I have four okay. lines, and I have four. The worlds were mine because I'm like I couldn't. Even though it's not in my top three, I feel like I couldn't not have it sure. on my list. But yeah. just like because it needed, it needed to be shouted out. Yeah, great song. And I feel like those first three songs are all different. They show the different things that the band can do, but all you know, of a piece in terms of production and songwriting. It's a great sort of set of songs to, to kick off the album. So. Yeah. They, they nail it. Um, they're, they're three for three, man. Yep. Yep. Uh, Broadcasting live has this next song. This is on that live album. Oh yeah. Ooh.
Uh, this is my number three. Okay. This this is my number four. <laughs> this is my The Worlds Were Mine <laughs> okay. for you. So the uh, noodly guitars. Yeah. It's that it's just so that is so prevalent across the entire record. But what stands out on this song is that crunchy ass mm-hmm. guitar, bro. Mm-hmm. So great. And it's 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 a specific choice and i think it i think it works it doesn't you know we we talk about on the pod a lot the sometimes albums that are like really clean and and overproduced and glossy and that those aren't always our favorite that is not this record this record is recorded and produced really well but Mm. That 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 is not a clean sounding guitar. Right, totally. It sounds great. And then there's this the lead up to the to the mm-hmm. bridge. great so great man and that, yeah i like the i like the lyrics um mm-hmm. there's there's one line per, uh you know in search of a piece that i can't find taking it mm-hmm. one day at a time mm-hmm. um i fear i'll keep failing um you know it's this this sounds this is a searching song this is a but i I feel like this is this is a an adult yeah. who has done a lot of the work mm-hmm. as opposed to a child who has all the answers right. or is totally. extremely certain. <laughs> you know, this is there's there's a little bit more there's a little bit more nuance to the songs that are yep. uh even the more emo of lyrics. There's still a little bit more depth to it than like you know, spending my last ounce of energy on, on, you know, crying in misery. Crying in misery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of what makes the choruses so soaring is like, there's the sound, but there's also the weight of the lyrics that go into those, you know, they feel like these like pleas or these big emotional moments. Cause they're poetically worded too. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that great muted crunchy guitar sound, opening is already great and then that shimmery guitar riff that he puts on top of that i love that combo the bass line absolutely rules as joe, we heard the part yeah joe killing it crushing it, it. drum sound joe's great joe's sick um but yeah I, yeah the part we heard where you know everything drops out and those harmonized vocals come in just sounds great I, yeah this is such a soaring song but that little that little fill after the yeah I just need to hear this again. Yeah, dude. That extra, awesome. that extra snare hit <laughs> right <laughs> before. Yeah. 
<laughs> just great. rules. He rules. is kicking ass. You know, to Scott's Scott Kerr's point, uh, if the drummer sucks, then the band sucks. Yeah. Joe's a great drummer, always has been, but the sound of the drums too <laughs> really just it just sounds yeah. big. Sounds this sounds big. like this sounds like a bit. This is a big studio record. Yeah. This is a well done record, and I want to see this live. God <laughs> yeah, damn <man>. it! <laughs> Same here. <laughs> um, John, keep it secret. Keep it safe. Hey, Gandalf. Hi, folks. <laughs> and open up that bed. Uh, this is my number two. Okay. Tell I, me more. I will tell you more <laughs> through the bridge of this song. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> my mission isn't to be fair. The lack of Um, that, (laughs) that bridge rules. And what was it? I said, I think pretty much, was it last episode that I said, we need to get back to punk rock having more clips. Yeah. More like more clips in it, more spoken word. I'm not exactly sure what that was from. I couldn't place it. It sounds like he's saying, my mission isn't to be fair, yes. a lack of accountability, um, which that combined with a lyric that I think is a little bit of a bummer makes me sort of confused about the song. <laughs> but so he says, eat the rich, you say, a mindful of hate, but with empty pockets, it's okay. Do you know whose side you're on? And I'm like, are you kind of saying like, Oh, it's cool to be hateful when you're poor looking down on the rich. I'm like, that's, and that combined with the, like, my mission isn't to be fair. I'm like, what? I don't really get this, but I, um, I, I wasn't sure. I'm not I could sure. be wrong about I'm that. I'm unsure about that. I'm unsure about that line as well. Um, I was trying to make heads and tails of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's still it's still a great song, and that bass coming sludgy in sludgy bass, sludgy doing a when bunch it, of cool it, stuff. When it, goes, in that song. when it goes down, like an extra. 
Absolutely rules. Yeah, there's that sweet, again, another like technical guitar riff opening, but it's that combined with that sludgy bass line, soaring vocals, big drums. I mean, yeah, it, it rules. Yes. So, um, both of us are through our top threes and we're five songs, <laughs> five songs in, in. <laughs> but there's a lot of good stuff left. There is, there is. It's, I, you know, waiting to me, um, honestly, like my top four, there could be days when yeah, some of these get switched. Agreed. You know, Agreed. I, because waiting, like there are days where I woke up with waiting yeah. in, stuck in my head. Yeah, for because sure. it's a very catchy song. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. Uh, always have enough more. good man the choruses are so soaring yeah without yeah. being corny you know totally yep yep that's a tough needle to, to thread <laughs> sometimes is. and they do it, it really is. well um yeah that part there where the chorus drops out to just the drums of the vocals i'm just like oh my god like this is incredible I'm here for um it. i love those vocal harmonies on the chorus it sounds so good i just yeah the drums bass guitar vocals every aspect just sounds they're they're at their top of their game on this song. Um, there's a great medley guitar solo in there. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm super into all of it. Yeah. Give it to us, Jackson. Uh, I'm here for all of that. Oh my god. That song's not in my top three, but I would love to see that song uh, live. Yes, please. Just to watch Jackson murder everybody by melting their faces off. Totally. That that solo then into the like you know that's sort of like halftime yeah the halftime with like these background vocal parts on top of each other it just it man i love all the different elements and the way they work together is it uh, is it halftime when it's when it slows down or is it is it halftime when it goes when it goes goes up faster up? uh 
<laughs> this is a question for somebody other than me. I knew the answer to this at some point. Yeah, I neither think of us time is slower because double time would be faster. Is it double time? Half time? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> neither of us play drums. <laughs> if that's not evident by our whatever they're doing, sounds great. Joe, killing it. Yep. Uh, any more thoughts on always have enough is more? I don't think so, other than it kicks ass. <laughs> Held by Oat Bro. <laughs> song sounds dark take us there oh shit oh my gosh yes (laughs) oh I'm ready this pit is open wide open Everything about that, yeah. The bass, the bass, the super fast technical guitar Just at the beginning, incredibly fast. <laughs> it's so good, so you guys. Good. We're so <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> um, oh my god! Yeah, does that super fast riff immediately, and yeah. then into that big guitar chord sound from there? Um, cool bass line on the song. Do 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 do. But and the guitar, it, sorry, the, no, just the from yeah. that, I'm already on board. Totally, like, we're already like, oh, this sounds cool, right? Oof. And then you're just like, oh, and oh, okay, <laughs> the fast yeah. hi hat, yep. oh, shit. Uh. and then at the yeah. at this particular moment, you're like, this it's about to go fucking down bananas yep. <laughs> you're yep. just like <sighs> pick slide into the yeah, oh man, man. this is Great. when we're running to get into the pit if we're not there yet <laughs> um yeah i the song rules i uh and then by the bridge the 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 guitar part is almost like a u2 part there's a few moments on this album that kind of remind me of hmm. that u2 edge guitar where it's like shimmery um, So good. I love those little drum rolls yeah. over that too. Totally. Yep. Um, it's just announced Jackson Mold replacing the Edge. You too. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> um, you know, you're better than Hendrix claim as these episodes go on. <laughs> Becomes oh, le- less and less ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's still it's still a hot take. <laughs> it's still a hot take, but it's it's still Man. embarrassing. But it's still, <laughs> I think. Here's but here's the thing. Like that was my as a you know thirteen year old or whatever. My 
understanding of of yeah, yeah. iconic rock gods pretty right. much was Jimi Hendrix. And yeah. me, I like, I feel like I was very astutely able to observe. Uh, like I didn't say Tom Wisniewski was <laughs> as good as, as Jimi Hendrix. Right. Like I was saying that Jackson yeah. mold in his technical right. ability, like yes. I was just identifying how, Totally. talented he was even yeah. if there's an absurdity to, to that claim sure no i think it speaks to your 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 musicality that at a young age you were like this guy is an incredibly proficient guitar player beyond what i'm used to hearing in in music of this kind um yeah. which remains the case that guy I, you know i don't he wasn't playing in bands for those you know 20 years or whatever but he's clearly been practicing because he absolutely crushes on this album so like i like i don't know he he's had to have done something jackson release release the mold tapes there's got to be some please there's got to be some (laughs) there's got to be some secret tapes yeah i hope so man a secret jackson mold studio where he (laughs) layer where he goes down and and lays down scorching (laughs) ass riffs Mm -hmm. yeah i just get him on the pad oh we just need to appreciate those first three seconds. <laughs> Let's do it. So dirty. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is Pantera again. Yep. Oh, yes. This is probably my top five. So great. Oh my gosh. This is one of the songs where it's like, I already, I love it. But by the time it gets those little guitar flourishes in the chorus, it really pushes it up to the next level. It almost sounds like chip tune, like Nintendo sounds or something where it's Mm. like, whatever it is, man, it hits me right where I need it. But also like, (laughs) like that's that's like in the, in the pit. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's never slower. It's so propulsive, and I would already love it if it was just that. But then, with on top of that, the like, just like man, all these elements together. Um, Yeah, as you said, that that great metally crunchy guitar with the bass and drum punctuations of don't don't don't. I'm just like, oh man, this this is great. Um, (laughs) Don't. Yeah, that 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 bass, that single bass note. Yeah, <laughs> the whole the bass throughout this record is yep the most un slick shoes pop punk kind of bass <laughs> sound that we've ever heard. Even yep. on something as heavy as Far From Nowhere, 
yeah. the bass tone on this record and the, the guitar tones that they use. Right. It's just so wildly different. And yet he still will do some, you know, like the world's were mine. He's doing these little bassy chord intros that feel old school. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just, yeah. I, again, I feel like it's just a culmination of all their best times. Um, and it's also, yeah, interesting lyrically. It's kind of looking back from a place of regret. You know, he's saying, I should have loved you more, my friend. I let you down. I said nothing. Time relentless, charging forward, always faster, never slower. I think that's great. I think those are great lyrics. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's one of those, it's one of those things where you're like, um, it could be, I mean, he's been talking, he's been talking regrets since, uh, since 1997, bro. <laughs> right. True. Um, but different kinds of a little more weight behind it now. Yeah. But regrets in the, uh, is <laughs> more about, I think about a girl yes. <laughs> than this, that you're like, uh, a friend that something may have happened and mm-hmm. you can't get that time back because time moves on. Life right. keeps going. And yeah, yep. So that that sort of living with regret and sort of things that you should have done, um, yeah, it's that's a it's a heavy topic. It's a heavy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, moments like this. <laughs> Just kidding. Moments. Ooh. Great. This is like the, this is the slow song. Yeah. Uh, sweet. Um, yeah. You know, there there are certain, some lines where it's like. Um, Heavy lyrics. We don't, we don't need to rush this. It may feel like it'll take forever. It's sort of like maybe like the beginning of a relationship where you're just like, let's, please, let's just do this. Like, let's right. just go. Let's just do this. But then. Uh, it's he says, I can't hold on to your heart. How can we grow apart together? Yeah, so it's like it's just sort of like this sweet sentiment that might I don't know what how do you interpret? Well, I put in I put in my notes heavy lyrics growing apart question mark death question mark. Like, I feel <laughs> like it could be a relationship or it could be kind of like the slow acceptance of somebody you love dying. Um, I don't know. I, yeah. I, again, I think this is why the lyrics are, are great because they're not, 
<laughs> obvious in a way that <laughs> some of the slick cheese lyrics are. It makes you wonder and it's nuanced. Um, but yeah, I don't know exactly what what it is that's happening in this relationship, but it, it's articulated in this kind of poetic and, and moving way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that op, that awesome tappy guitar solo immediately is great, but I love the kind of reverby sound of that soaring guitar it switches to, where it's like, he's doing so much cool stuff. Um, yes. And he's still shredding throughout the song, but he's going back and forth between those different kinds of sounds um, of kind of guitar work. Uh, I love the kind of ascending melody that happens throughout. He gives a great vocal performance on the song. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, this whole album, Ryan is yeah. everybody is at their best yeah, on this yeah. record, which is amazing to me. <laughs> Not what you would expect after seventeen years of nothing. Um, right, exactly. So, um, but two thousand eight. Hey. I love that is sort of an unexpected yes part of that song. Like I it's did like not a sudden shift, but I dig it. Yeah, no, it's 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 it doesn't it doesn't come across as corny to me. No. Like where you don't like oh my god, are they throwing like an acoustic guitar into this like to <laughs> right. force sort of sentimentality? But like it transitions so well, and it and yeah. then right back into the yeah noodly chorus yeah i think it all works together really well because the the chorus is pretty and it kind of lends itself to a shift to a more acoustic driven thing but then there's another face melty guitar solo <laughs> into like a breakdowny bridge um so all those elements working together within one song it's so great um i believe this is about being a dad that's my understanding of the lyrics um, which would also kind of make sense with the timeline because the song is called 2008. They first started working on it in 2008. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like the song. He also says, you three mean the most to me. Um, it could be, I mean, 
It could be about the band. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Either actual family or band family. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Either way. Uh, Still sweet and meaningful. And um, visitors. They're almost getting into like some Juliana theory territory here. Um, it feels like kind of a classic emo chorus to me. Um, that kind of like sorry guitar again, and it's pretty. Um, I don't know. The, I love all these songs. This feels the last couple to me feel like maybe the least strong. Like this is kind of the poppiest to me, but I don't yeah. dislike it. I would. I would agree. Um, uh, I, I, but I do like the admission of like the, the topic of, of self doubt, yes. which is what this song is, you know, here comes that voice again, telling me I'm done. Um, you know, here comes that voice again, screaming this should end, you know, and as for someone who, yes, who has struggled with lots of self-hatred and, and, right. and issues trying to, trying to, you know, wrestling with self-love and all that, you know? Um, yeah. And last episode we talked about lyrics that possibly were about depression. I yes, certainly yes. feel like it returns to that territory here. Um, but it also ends with the, like, you know, when that voice comes again, I'll hear yours instead. Like that feels that like feels a hopeful, hopeful. Like kind of working through it, as you said earlier. Um, yeah. I, again, it's like, Kind of like we said about far. I think you said this about far from nowhere. Like, not only are there no bad songs, but like there are no not great songs. That's certainly how <laughs> I feel here. But this is maybe yeah. my the one that works for me the least, even if I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, John, we've come to the end of the journey mm. with the what a journey with the shortest song yes. on the record. I forget the words. Was this a song about Reese Roper? Hey. hey, season two burn. <laughs> pew, pew.
I might have gone for a different closer. I have in my notes. Part of me wants a bigger bang for the ending. <laughs> yes. After so many big, heavy, like, yeah. and soaring choruses, you know, it's, uh, you got to think like something, uh, when you think of some of the songs that we've, we've covered mm-hmm. on this record, which is like, um, I mean, could this have like, like something like hope against hope on, on yeah. far from nowhere or even like, um, I don't know, even moments or yeah, or 2008 would have been right. 2008 would have, could have been a better closer. Yeah, I think it just it doesn't feel like the big kind of culminating statement I expected. But it, you know, it's fun. It's pretty. It's short. I what I do like. I like the closing sentiment. Um, and I think that might be why it ends up here because it's got the lyrics, lend me your ear and share your song and stay with me so I can sing along. Um, which is kind of a, you know, a love song, but it's also sort of what we've talked about, like final five iron songs on albums kind of being like this rallying cry to like, join us and we'll sing together kind of thing. I like that idea. Um, and perhaps that's why it ends that way, but yeah, yeah, maybe so. it's not a, not a huge stand out for me no and i like the idea of like uh on 2008 saying uh you trust your dreams you three mean the most to me Mm -hmm. yeah um i want so much to get it right like this i don't know if especially if it's about the band it could have been like a, a way to end it like um but i do think the idea of ending on a song about um sort of like a corporate idea of like you know lend me your ear and share your song like mm-hmm. we're yeah you know part of something together so maybe totally. that makes sense yeah i like that um so that's rotations of frequency <laughs> we like that album a lot we really really do um but we're not ending it here no we're not we are we are far from nowhere. Get it? <laughs> yes. Uh, or far from over because we need to share top six. That's right. Album rankings. Yeah. I did not include the EP. Me neither. Okay. Or the live record. Agreed. Uh, um, this is just proper full lengths. Yeah. Do we want to go through? Do we want to go through top albums and then? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Because we're kind of, we'll move from albums we like and maybe how that informed our sets. Because here was what I was mainly thinking over those last couple songs. Uh, You had rotation and frequency in your top 10 of 2020 when we did our just like overall albums. Yes. I did not. Mainly just because I hadn't spent enough time with it yet, I knew that I liked it. But yeah. what I was thinking was, boy, it was uh, not 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 good of me to not include this in my top ten. I feel like at this point, I, it would certainly make the list. So there was an album 
I feel like there was an album that I mentioned that you were like, oh shit, and then something got bumped. Yeah, I bumped <laughs> I bumped 11D Life. I mean, 11D7. Sorry, Matt. Um, <laughs> I'm even wearing the t-shirt right now. Um, for Suicide Machines. That's right, that's right, that's right. But um, yeah, at this point, rotation would would have to go in there, I think. There's just yeah. no... I mean, ah, boy, I, it's tough. The Suicide Machines record was very important to me in 2020, but this would this would have to get in there somewhere. Anyway, all that to say... Uh, it's it's my favorite album of theirs, <laughs> so that will be reflected. Do you want to go first, or should I? Uh, well, I mean, you already said you're number one. I did. I guess I should have started at the bottom and gone up, but it's, it, it should be clear to everybody that this is my favorite. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's... Do you want to start at the bottom, then? Do you want to yeah, start sure. with number six? Yeah. Okay, so uh, why don't we both... Um, <laughs> three, two, one, self-titled. Self-titled, <laughs> correct. Correct. Not uh, the before everything and after of their discography, because I would never say something like that. So Jen. hurtful. <laughs> no, uh, it's... Uh, yes, all... All we need to say is Friday night. That's all we need to say. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a bummer of a song. Um, and yeah, I, while, what, was it Jen that said that? Or that said that like Wake Up Screaming and self-titled, they, that Ryan's vocal performance yes. is, yeah, yeah, but that doesn't carry a record. <laughs> Right, it's, right. Like we, it's not just how good someone's vocals are. Like I, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just saying, like, like those, yeah. like uh, objectively, yes. Uh, self-titled, wake up screaming, sound better than uh, their first two records. Yeah, but they lack in a variety of areas. Um, yes, which leads into my number five, which is wake up screaming. Me too. Yep. Um. I mean, we 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 don't need to rehash either of these. We've covered "Wake Up Screaming" last last episode, um, and number four, uh, "Burnout." Same here. Yep. Um, Here's where things get interesting. This is where things get. We're gonna. <laughs> we're definitely. We are. We are gonna differ. Okay. Okay. Um. So far from nowhere is my number three. Same here. Um, yes. We talked a little bit about when we covered the record. I wasn't, I, I thought I had my one and two pretty staked out, but that record kind of threw things off for me because it's like, well, I don't know, where do, does it go in there? But ultimately it, it goes to number three. Yeah, for me. I know. Which this is, and this is where we differ. I have rotation and frequency as my number two and rusty okay. as my number one. Okay. And like, and this is, this is where we, and we've had this conversation yes. every season. <laughs> Best. Yeah. Versus favorites. Exactly. Rotation and frequency, their best <laughs> right. record. Yes. That, I mean, that's, and like if we were doing a ranking right. of like of Slick Shoes' best records, yeah. I would swap rotation and frequency and Rusty, and rotation would be number one. But yeah. as we're discussing, favorite records um i mean the my top three like it i could throw on rusty rotation or far from nowhere agreed in their entirety yeah and be happy and thrilled the one thing about rusty is while it's not as consistent in terms of like uh there is not there's not a 
bummer song on rotation and frequency where I'm just like, you know, like, like as in by what right. Right. But I do think, uh, I just think as far as like, and this will be reflected in my, my set list. Okay. That I, <laughs> I don't have, I don't have any songs from Wake Up Screaming or self-titled. Okay. In my set list. I have um, one Wake Up Screaming, no self-titled. <laughs> yes. Um, and I just think there there are so many Rusty songs and rotation frequency songs that I would be happy to hear. Like I if if they if they only played Rusty Rotation and Far From Nowhere. I'd be okay with that set. Yeah. Like there's, I mean, I have a, I think I have one, I think I have one burnout. I do. Have, I only have one burnout song. Same here. On, um, but if that one burnout song was replaced with something from rotation, yep. all the better. Agreed. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think the only reason I have rotation above rusty is because this is the first band we've covered where I don't have the nostalgia factor. Like if I had grown up on rusty the way you did, I'm confident it would be my number one. Um, and I even, the, the, the two of them flopped around for me a fair amount back and forth. Um, as we've been covering them over these weeks. Um, and it was really only doing this deep dive prep for this, episode that made me realize like I love Rusty I think there's a lot of great stuff about it and I think it's really cool to be able to say even if I'm looking at it more objectively rather than subjectively because I didn't know any of these albums super well that like you can stack up a band's album that they did when they were teenagers compared to their most recent effort and have them both be still really strong um, but yeah just in, in going over this album for this week I'm like I, I feel like ultimately it's not really a contest. I feel like this album is like just wall to wall, absolutely great songs. And I don't feel exactly that way about Rusty, even if I love it. So, um, well, should we move over to our set list? I think so. I will go first. Um, <laughs> as we've said every season, I feel like I spend an inordinate amount of time on this, like way too long, but I love I love mixtapes. I love playlists. I love live shows. I love just the idea of set lists. Um, and we kind of were texting about like our different philosophies on this. <laughs> Maybe yeah, you, you bus tossed me last night. <laughs> Not a bus toss. Just like, I feel like, well, you were like, Oh, you're uh, like, um, I said, I'm curious how many songs we're going to have that we're, that we'll, we'll share. And like, I thought I was like, Oh, because we, I feel like we like a lot of the same songs and you're like, yes. yeah, but I typically write a set list that would probably happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying you go for the more obscure songs that you want to hear, which is totally fine. This not is like not, that's not going to be the case on this set list, bro. All right. Well, we probably will have a lot of overlap. I don't know. And, and it's not like mine is like, not that there are definitely songs here that I don't know that they would play, but I do try. I think my number one thing in this is like, I'm trying to be representative of all the eras that feels more important to me than like only hearing 10 songs that I love the most of theirs. So I don't know. Time will tell whose approach is more respected by the masses. 
<laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Starting things off with whispers. Hmm. Um, I generally like a set that begins with a first song on a record. I generally like when the first song is from a new record, as long as I like the album and I know it enough by that point. Um, yeah, like I said, it's my number one from the album. I just think it's a great, so energetic. It captures that sound so well. So that's where I'm starting. Straight into Rusty, um, which is not in my top three from that record, but feels like an iconic song and kind of like representative of that old school sound and era of theirs. Um, and then after Rusty, we move into Silence mm-hmm. off the EP. Uh, again, not what I would, I wouldn't have necessarily expected. I get 10 songs, I'm going to put one from the EP on it. But again, that feels very representative of that era of Slick Shoes. It's old school, it's iconic. I would like, I would be excited if I heard the opening chords at a show. Then it's time to get fast, baby. East on tracks, mm. uh, which I'm guessing is also your one burnout song, but we'll get there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I very excited to hear that song live in the next whatever year ish. Uh, <laughs> yes. um, that will be fun. Um, then we move back into rotation territory, uh, with the worlds were mine. Um, sort of a little slower and prettier, um, to kind of change the vibe. Then we move into the hardcore section of the set. So after that, straight into hope against hope. Um, and I'm putting all the hardcore songs back to back to back. Um, so I think that the, the, the distortion at the end of hope against hope sustains. And then from that sound fall starts like the distortion just goes straight into the beginning of fall. Fall continues. We're all tired from being in that pit so hard. But then I want to bring in Carrie this uh, from the new record, which isn't exactly hardcore, but it's certainly adjacent to that. It would go hard and we would be in the pit. So that's the third of those three. Our arms have been ripped off. They're on the stage. <laughs> um, then we got to cool down. So I'm going angel and... I know you don't have any wake up screaming. I kind of waffled on this, but I do love this song. It's my number one from the record. I feel like it's a song that everyone will want to hear. And it's a nice kind of slower song to hear, at least kind of like a cool down song after that hardcore section. And then we're ending with walkout, um, which I wouldn't have necessarily predicted either, but is in my top three for that record. And I think it's a nice ending song. It's hopeful. It kind of represents them well. I feel like it kind of, includes all their eras in that song, even though it's from Rusty, it sounds like it's kind of representative of all of it. And it's kind of a nice ending song. So that's, those are my 10. Um, what do that, you think? Be gentle. Is, no, no, I, uh, that's fascinating. I, I would see that show. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. Um, I, with the exception of two songs on here, from the new record that weren't on broadcasting live, mm-hmm. uh, everything that I have on everything that I have on my list is something that they have played live. Okay. So, so when you're talking about throw me under the bus that I want to have like, 
that I want to have like, you know, some obscure, one of their obscure songs, like one of their obscure punk hard, hardcore songs or whatever from, sure. uh, from their self-titled or whatever. I yeah. mean, it's, yeah. In this case, I, I kind of feel like it's surprising that like the set list that they used for the live record does include a lot of stuff that I'm kind of like, oh, I kind of am surprised that they have Fall on here or Hope Against Hope or whatever. So, well, that rules. Um, about to uh, <laughs> blow your mind here, man. We're opening with Feeble. Okay. I kind of um, thought that might be the case. Wow. Okay. Fine. Is, that, is this is this <laughs> that's how? Not, that's not a this, bad thing. You just is this how they're gonna have the commentary like? Oh, I thought you and you know fucking you know. No, I. It's you. You. I mean, you, you talk about like your your concept is like let's open with a a new song or whatever. Let's open with like I wouldn't mind that, but I also, you know, we got probably a lot of old school right fans there you want to start off with something immediately recognizable and feeble nothing will open up the pit faster yeah than than feeble i'm just saying uh, i mean i think that is how they open it is the live album so it is that makes sense got a great idea you guys and then <laughs> boom kicks it off yeah can't uh, argue with that follow it up i also have silence from the ep oh nice right on um i mean bad pick boo <laughs> just kidding <laughs> fuck you man no it's um i i would be i want to hear that song live hearing that guitar that's guitar uh yeah. chord like yeah be great also followed by east on tracks all right so we have right those on, two right in a row yeah um another instantly iconic guitar line that would be yes. like so psyched for it yeah into carry this cool um all these those uh i mean that i i this there's no there's no really letting up in any in, in my set mm-hmm. um so from carry this into joe sick Right, you gotta you gotta throw in you gotta throw in Joe Sick. It's not yeah. a slick shoe so show without Joe Sick. I know that's. I, I guess this is where maybe you're more representative of an actual show than me because I was like I should put that in there, but there were too many others I wanted to hear. Same, but I would love to hear Joe Sick. And in reality, we're not only going to be hearing ten songs, but right, right. like for me, my perfect slick shoes show would have Joe Sick. Sure. Um, followed by the worlds were mine. There you go. Not in my top three, mm-hmm. but it did replace one a song that was in my top three. But I I thought ultimately the soaring mm-hmm. uh, chorus and all everything about the song. I think I would just was like I want to see this done live. Yeah, yeah. Followed by fall. So we so what if we have this is a lot a lot of overlap silence east on tracks uh fall did you worlds have mine. the worlds were mine so we have those four you carry didn't have this. you had carry this yep yep so we have five at least um and then waiting okay um and then I I close it out in the way that they closed out they're broadcasting live with Darko followed yeah. by Hope Against Hope. 
I mean, those the two hardest songs. Yeah, from Far From Nowhere. That rules. I mean, I love closing with Hope Against Hope. That is a move. <laughs> um, for oh. me, it just felt like ending on such a hardcore song seemed like kind of like I, I'm kind of deciding to end on this more sort of like hopeful, nicer song for some reason, <laughs> but I would not be mad at all if it ended with hope against hope and we just left it all out on the, <laughs> on the floor in the pit. <laughs> oh man, we leave, leave it all in the pit in our arms on the stage. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I would certainly go to that show. I, I, I don't think that that's like super obscure or whatever. So I retract my. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, my MXPX and my five iron set lists, I feel like were yeah. less are, are less likely than. Yeah. Than this, but we, we also, also, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's, they have a, a discography yes. that is significantly larger. Exactly. And there and are a lot had, more yeah. deep cuts. Exactly. Yeah. And nothing wrong with that. I would love to see those shows too. I love the, the, the sort of art of putting together a list of any songs, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and there's so many contexts that can be done in. And mainly, this just makes me angry that we can't see either of these <laughs> sets right now. <laughs> so... Yeah. We hope it doesn't make you angry out there, listeners. Um, and you guys better start getting your lists together. That's right. As you're listening to this episode, because you know we're going to be posting about this. Yes. On socials. Yep. So start thinking about it. Tell us your. You're going to need to tell us your top. Your top six. Yep. Rank your your top LPs. Your Slickers yep. LPs. Tell us what top ten songs you would like to see in a live set. Yep. Because who knows? You know, maybe, maybe Slick Shoes is watching. Maybe they'll be mm. like, "Oh shit, people want people want more hope against hope." Uh, yeah, we do. Yeah, <laughs> it better play if they don't play that when I see it. I'm gonna be mad. Um, yes, many many lists were put forward today in our in our final Slick Shoes episode. For now, yes, yes. Um, had a lot of fun covering this band. Please weigh in. As Andrew said, you can do that at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Subscribe to the pod if you haven't yet already and give us a rating or a review. We will read your review from Apple Podcasts on the pod. Email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763, 8727-MAGPOD. You can support us at the Patreon, patreon.com slash magnifiedpod, where today... Uh, or this week, whatever, we will be covering Candy, the Mandy Moore song covered by Slick Shoes on the Punk Goes Pop comp. Uh, also want to say shout out to new Patreon punk, David Trivet. Pew, pew, pew. I don't have the thing ready, but... Hold on. Hold on. Let me get it. <laughs> there you go. They kind of sputtered out on my enter. Um <laughs> Welcome, David. David has been a uh, a long time listener, I believe. Uh, yeah, he's very, been he's been since season one. Yeah, very glad to have your support, David. Um, everybody can pick up some merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Get that sweet season three merch and send us pics of you rocking it. Yeah, I'm seeing people stuff start rolling in. You know, yeah, man. Um, obviously, if you guys are ordering merch with the under, you know, understand that like COVID has been, yeah. Um, preventing some stuff from getting out faster. So, but I, even still, I feel like, yeah. uh, our, our, the, 
company that posters we, came quick. Yeah, they they've been they've been churning it out. So yep. um I know that Meg just got her open up that pit uh nice. um tank, tank. top. Yeah. So we want you guys to start sending us more of that. Once you get your merch, start start posting it because we wanna we wanna see it. We wanna we wanna share it. Show us that you're repping your boys. That's right. Um our other boys. Thanks to Shadow Producer Jason at Unoriginal mm-hmm. Vinyl, and thanks to Heavy Ordnance Studios for our artwork. Well, our time in the penalty box is over for this week, but mm-hmm. we'll be back out on the ice next week when we start covering Dogwood. Yeah. Welcome for all of those perfect guitar sounds. Meadly, <laughs> uh, meadly. Meadly, skeedly, deedly. <laughs> for more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.